This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8 12 15. It's great when people do that. Oh, yeah. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email the show via the Absolute Radio website. And I'm going to do a trailer. Are you? A tease. Listen, this is me tease paper. Oh, yeah. Um, Stuart Lee, the comedian, will be joining us at 10am to talk about his film King Rocker, which is on Sky Arts tonight at 9pm. Very slickly done. You're in a real professional groove this morning. I am. I'm I'm rocking. In a minute, I shall say where real music matters. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you something now. Now, I... I think um, Absolute would class this as real music. I'm not sure quite what their classifications are. I'd like to see that. Is there a but it's different from Stuart Lee's. Is there an absolute brochure of what? Um, oh, I hope so. Real music. Of what is. constitutes real <laughs> music and fake music? Yeah. I'd love to know where that line falls. <laughs> Some would say it's subjective, not absolute. No. Anyway, yeah. I was driving in this morning and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and George Ezra, I was listening to Absolute, yeah, obviously Ross Buchanan, and um, George Ezra. He played uh, George Ezra Paradise. Mm-hmm. You know that. And I'm in my car, and uh, but, sorry, can I just say the producer started dancing at the mere mention? Well, of I gotta tell Paradise. you, I gotta tell you, it's a great song, Paradise. Yeah, and you know, it's not normally my kind of thing, but there's a bit where it, I don't know the words, but there's a bit where what where I would call the deep bit, when it just keeps going, and there's a bit then he's going to come in. You know, the high bit's going to come in, and yeah. my God, he makes you wait for it. Right. You know when you used to get clubbing guys, and you oh, wait, yeah. and you wait for the the beat to come back in that moment. <laughs> it yes. was like that, yes. and I'm in the car, and I thought if it doesn't. Um, come back in on in a minute I'm going to have dislocated both shoulders with just tension <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes in oh thank god George never do that to me again I once saw um, the band Gomez who I think are oh, real music wow, yeah, I think they, well I think, let's have a look I think they're real music <laughs> they matches. definitely count and they have one of those moments where it comes back in with a thump oh. but when they were playing it live they didn't do it so everybody was like <gasps> oh that's they, terrible no no they just they teased people they oh. stood on stage and shuffled about for like it felt oh, like it ages. But then they did it. And then they did it, oh, and it erupted. It, the place went I mad. I thought they hadn't been... To, you don't want to leave leave there with you it can't, not having you, come back. You can't tease the drop. Oh, no. that's amazing. Is it the drop? Is that what they call it? I believe so. I'm going to call it that from now on. I think I teased the drop for months when I was about <laughs> 14. <laughs> that would be our, like, Phil Collins not playing the drum solo in know. the air tonight. I don't know when the first drop, probably in classical music, the one that mm. sticks in mm. my mind is In the Mood by um, Glenn Miller. <laughs> Absolute 20s. When, when it comes back in, da, 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 and you think that's never going to happen. Oh, man. Mm. Anyway, let's. Um, we don't often get a chance to talk about music proper on here. Quite yeah. wide-ranging as well. George Ezra Gomez and um, Glenn Miller. The Glenn Miller Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a bit of Phil Collins in for the and 80s. Phil Collins, Absolute indeed. 80s. You ever seen that? You know, Glenn Miller was uh, died in a plane crash in fog. Yeah. Oh, and no. in, in the Glenn Miller stories, played by James Stewart, and the last words, you see him getting onto the plane and he looks oh. around and says... Uh, uh, it's a little soupy, ain't it? Oh, don't. Oh. I'm actually going to well up. Oh. It's a, it's a cracking film, as I remember it. Yes. One of those coloured films that looked like it wasn't meant to be coloured, if you know what I mean. Like someone's right. been, been in there with a felt pen after mm. cell by cell. Here's a thing. Mm. Now we're on the... Uh, uh, I don't know what song. What song your music? I was watching... Um, Netflix last night. Oh, get you. This is the modern world. <laughs> and, um, but I was watching something about um, about Sutton Who. Oh, yeah. Um, is the, that The Dig? The Dig, yeah. People are talking about The Dig. Yes. Do you dig it? Well, you know, Sutton Who, a film about discovering Anglo-Saxon treasure at mm-hmm. Sutton Who is about as far up my strata yeah. yes. as it's possible to venture. 
you without know, without um, some internal bleeding. You know, it's funny, Frank. I, I like to think that's a sign of a, a, a close friendship with someone. That I was scrolling through Netflix and I saw the dig, and I just saw Sutton Who, and I thought, oh, that'll be nice for Frank. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give you my brief review. Ooh. After this, baby. Um, You're discussing the dig. Who's in it? There's some famous people in it. Ralph Fiennes. Oh yeah, I heard his career was in ruins. Oh, I like, I like his. Oh. I love that you've gone for the Ralph. No, well I don't know. I know if he wants to be Rafe. I know nowadays you got to you got to choose. You got to go with their choice. Uh-huh. But he's so Ralph Fiennes and Carey Mulligan. Oh, she, I like her. Both excellent. I'm tease my. Pro- I love it. It's mm-hmm. about Sutton Who. There's moments where the treasure starts to emerge, which is just fantastic. When they realise it's a ship burial, it's just oh, amazing. And you know it's on the way, Frank. Spoiler yeah, I alert. know. I know. I know what's called <laughs> ship burial. But you know what they've done? They've yeah. done this thing that films always do, where they think, well, we've got a, you know, we've got uh, Anglo-Saxon treasure, and we've got British history being rewritten by one fine. Now we've got World War Two about to start. But we need a bit of topless. Oh, have they? Oh. So they've gone for. Oh, I, I didn't thought... like the tone in your voice there, Al. <laughs> Why have they? Oh. No, I'm disappointed. <laughs> so there's a bit, yeah, there's a bit of a relation, but I presume two fictional people. I, I don't... And, you know, there's a bit of. Who needs that? The Why might... do people do that? Uh, you know, you read these <laughs> actresses. I was reading. Um, Oh. An actress recently who said, I'm not going to do any more scenes like this unless it's a female director. I've got a better oh. idea. Don't do any. Don't do yeah. any scenes like mm-hmm. that. We don't need them. Yeah. It's like when I was 14, you used to go and see a film and you'd be hoping for a scene like that. And I think those 14-year-olds grew up into writers and directors. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have got a bit of... Hey, hey, hey. Oh, it really un- annoyed me. Mm. It never really adds, does it? Never. No. no, not I say never is a big word. Mm. Um, you know, also there are you know there are filmmakers who specialise in that. Leave, there it, are, leave yeah. it to the experts. Well, and a lot those... of their work is online. They can, mm. yeah, oh, can be found. Don't have to pay anymore. And now the thing is, should that be your area? Fill your boots. Uh, well, go and <laughs> go and watch. Yeah. That yeah, oeuvre, yeah. but don't pipe it into our TV shows. I just yes. think, you know, you've got Ray Fiennes, Karen Mulligan, you've got misty scenes of Suffolk and these, and, and these people. Are you shouting out here for the archaeology? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was there for. <laughs> we didn't see the... Oh, well, I don't, I don't want to spot... I mean, if you can ignore... Look, we've got fast-forward. We've all got fast-forward. So, you know, you can go through those bits, but we don't, we don't need that. Who's going to say... Well, I didn't like that film because nobody took their nighty off. No one's ever said that, have they? <laughs> no, not since 1932. No one's used the word exactly. nighty. Well, I, I might say chemise <laughs> or teddy. Yeah. There was no, um, no teddy doffing <laughs> in that. But look, you know, we don't... You guys out there, you filmmakers, just, you've had, you've had your fun. No, stop it. <laughs> okay, I've got, got that off my. Oh, I think on the film topic. <laughs> mm. I was having James Cameron waking up this morning. Going, Sorry, honey, I'm listening to Frank Skinner. Yeah. Apparently, I've had well, my fun. Somebody needs to tell him. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I was I was out walking on um, on Primrose Hill, which is a, a hill in uh, North London. Mm-hmm. London, as you know, is a large conurbation in South East England. And um, I think, now I could be completely wrong, but I saw a woman running, um, you know, in running gear and stuff. I think it might have been Daisy Ridley. Right. Now, oh. if you see Daisy Ridley out running, you know, Daisy Ridley who played Ray in, in the, the, the recent Star Wars trilogy, um, what, would you say hello or would you, what would you, would you just ignore her? We'll come back to this. What I'm basically okay. talking about is greeting runners etiquette. Mm. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So yeah, so I I think and I, I mean one good reason for not 
waving or anything to this uh, to Daisy Ridley. It might not have been Daisy Ridley. That was the first. Right. Thing. Can I interject just with uh, a reader's view on this? Okay. Claire. You asked whether it was etiquette to say hello in these situations. When they're running, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Claire's responded, good morning all. Um, Good morning, Claire. Is it a regional thing? If you're from the Midlands, like me, you say hello to everyone, even Star Wars stars. Or is that just a stereotype thing? Over to you, Frank Skinner from the Midlands. Well, I think, with all uh, due respect, it's a bit different if you're uh, a middle-aged man. In a park, <laughs> you can't. Well, I don't have that kind of freedom. Uh, <clears throat> anyone I say hello to, especially in London, I think either thinks that they're going to get uh, attacked by me, or that um, I might be there to eat the grass. What you about know, the What thing. about the golden coat of celebrity that you yeah. wear well, on yeah, your person? I don't know if you've noticed, but I I can't find it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've hung it up somewhere. And uh, I cannot find it. You left it at the dry cleaners, maybe, in the 90s. <laughs> also, what you'd want to do is run along with Daisy Ridley, telling her how good she was in uh, in the Star Wars trilogy. But, right. I mean, people don't want that when they're running. They don't. And was she running, not jogging, running? Like No, she was jogging. A... You're right, I've let myself be trapped into it. Oh, okay. also, it's all pale, though, Primrose, oh, so you can't really be belting it out. No, that's, that's good. Um, I've got, if I'd live closer, I have got a full Kylo Ren outfit and I've got a a Kylo Ren lightsaber that makes the noises. What's the French word for this? The thought on the stairs. Yeah, if I could have have caught her on the the next lap and just appeared as Kylo Ren, would that have something that she'd have laughed and found amusing or would it scare the hell out of her? What do you think? Mm. I don't know, because there would be no... Even my um, fine sliver of um, celebrity would not be visible under my Kylo Ren mask. (laughs) Anyway, she she ran away, and I'll Did never even know. Did you actually know, know her to her. say hello to? Oh no, no, she I don't. She's recogni- walking, for instance. No, but she'd recognise him. I don't know. She's a lot younger. Frank, the Queen right. turned around to you and said, "Frank, hurry up." The Queen is more my catchment area. <laughs> <laughs> so many ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't you recently see somebody jogging backwards in the park? Did you I say? Did, it, it did was... you say goodbye to them? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The thing is with them, I could keep walking and still talk to them. <laughs> but she'd gone past. You can't run Do with you know, Daisy. I don't. It might not have been her, as I say. I've seen uh, Clive Owen having a workout. Have you? Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't. The say, rest is my business. I wouldn't say hello to Clive Owen because I'm not totally sure who he is. Oh, you're joking. Is he from EastEnders? No. no. Sid Owen, I'm thinking of. Have you seen Closer? With Patrick Mar, a uh, Patrick Marber's film, play. No. He's a Hollywood. He's an English Hollywood film star. He's in the Bourne Identity. He's, isn't in, he? he's in the Bourne Identity. I only really watch films with uh, either ang- Anglo-Saxons or aliens in them. He's not yeah. in Merlin. That's true. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I, I'm sure he don't. If if you're listening, mate, no disrespect. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're a bad actor. Just means my ignorance. Yeah. It's fine. I'll get all touchy about it. <laughs> Clive. Um, okay, well, that's that. Is there any outside um, world? Well, to six, outside? three, one. Whenever I start a sentence, yeah. the producer gives me a big dig to shut it's up. Possibly a good thing because six, got... three, one has zinged you. Oh. Frank just called himself middle aged. Is he planning on living to 128 asking for a friend? Well, I think in the modern, in the modern oh, world. I feel sick, Al. In the modern oh, world. I feel sick. I'm a Catholic. I'm planning to live forever. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Zero One Zero says that they love the idea that Daisy is talking to a friend about the time she was running and saw Frank Skinner and didn't know if she should have said hello. Well, that's a um, little parallel moment. Do you remember when I was in a hot tub with Keely Hawes? <laughs> no, I don't. And I didn't Goodness want to say sir. hello. And then she worked with my brother-in-law. And oh. she said, oh, I was in a hot tub with him. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. Didn't you also well, nearly say hello to Peter Crouch? Who yes, was I was just going to say. And we, went, we saw... Uh, Abby, didn't we? His we did. wife at the Brits, and I think we discussed it. Well, she said it is. It, you can say hello now. Let's definitely say hello. Oh, so that's she, nice. Yeah. So you have got a back catalogue of not it saying hello bit, to celebs you know, it's, that it's you should a, have it's said a hello. It's a tricky to. thing approaching celebs, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
Yep. It is, especially so, when they're running. Well, one, two, three, ha- the oh, texter has suggested that they, well, not suggested, they've told us an anecdote in text form, met Mark Hamill during the interval of the Woman in Black play, a gentleman, and stood from his seat to shake hands and converse. Fabulous. Ledge, mm-hmm. they had. That's a bit easier, though, a bit easier approach, man in theatre seat, rather than... Young woman in like in park. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean it's 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 less complicated in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's funny, Mark Hamill. Actually, I believe so. Oh yeah, top end. And stood from his seat to shake hands. I find that I do that. If people are talking to me, I stand up. Do you, uh, yeah, I guess so. But uh, you know, do you ever do that kind of? You know that thing in the theatre, it's all right because the seat goes up. Mm. But sometimes, if you're at a table, you stand up, and your knees are hitting the chair, so you can't quite stand up straight, and you're in that terrible praying mantis <laughs> position, which is horrid, absolutely horrid. Um, listen, here's the thing. I thought this was a bit seventies. I was uh, in my house. Uh, Here we go. And I smelt gas. Oh. oh, yeah. Now, we've got an electric cooker. As far as I was concerned, we don't have any There's gas, no gas in, in the house. And I thought, this is... So I said to my partner, I think I can smell gas in the library. <laughs> and um, she went in there and she came back. She said, oh, we've got to call someone straight away. And I said, but we don't have any gas. It turns out we've got gas fires and gas central heating. Who knew? Yeah, I did. You didn't even... Sorry. I did think the radiators are... Yeah, I didn't know. So, I, just in case anyone at home smells gas, um, there is an emergency number yeah. on the gas meter. So I took a photograph of that, of course, and sent it to my PA and said, call this. <laughs> it's an emergency. <laughs> so the gas man came. Now, the gas man used to come when I was a kid, and there was one... Tr- there used to be a saying. It used to say someone had got a face as long as a gas man's <laughs> Mac. Right. Because they all wore these big black Macs. Cool. And uh, so I was expecting that. I forgot the world had turned right. many times. Uh-huh. And he turned up in some kind of Gore-Tex jacket. No, he looked guess. like a sort of guy who was very interested in the Marvel Universe. Oh. Huh. Yeah, you know, he's a big guy and he had like a, a beanie hat and stuff. Huh. And he had a machine which he sort of dangled in the area of the, the smell of the gas. It reminded me, there used to be a very troubled man in Birmingham who had a long scarf. Was that you? No, it wasn't <laughs> me. Another one. He had a long scarf, and I remember I saw him. He used to swing this scarf around when he walked, a sort of a la Tom Baker, um, fourth doctor scarf. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a hole in the road, and I saw him dangle his scarf in, into, the, into the hole in order to check it out. <laughs> And it really oh, reminded me... Very poignant. ..of that. But it was I didn't think people had gas leaks anymore. It was real. And the bloke who came to actually fix it said to me, well, of course, he said, we're old enough to remember when people used to put their head in the gas oven. And I thought, well, this is a lovely walk down memory. <laughs> That's nice for boss. I'm all for a bit of nostalgia, you know. You know, we used to do a thing on here called Whatever Happened To. They don't end lives like they used to. No, exactly. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I. Then was the day. <laughs> so creative. And this guy also said to me, I said, the thing is, it turns out, look, with, without, without, when they've, now they've turned the gas off, which the Marvel Universe guy did, I said, we don't have any central heating or hot water. And he said, uh, oh, I should have bought me violin. <laughs> I like the sound of this guy. I mean... He's got a sort of Alan Cochran bedside <laughs> manner, I would suggest. <laughs> Alan Partridge. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I'll tell you what we do in the breaks often. If, when a song is playing, we'll say, uh, what year? No, well, actually, it's usually the producer who's got all the facts and figures at his fingertips. <laughs> yeah. Says, uh, well, what year... That. So, Sarah, yeah. um, we just played on, on the main station. I know it's different on, on you decade guys. <laughs> but um, we just played uh, China Girl by uh, David Bowie. And yeah. I was about 14 years out <laughs> in my guess. But yeah. Emily, whenever we do this, yeah. Emily always wins. She has got yeah. a timeline, a musical timeline to be proud of. <laughs> I think the only time I did well was Tallest American Presidents, which is obscure knowledge. Yeah, no, Do you, you know did. you're so hot on those? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, did, you did well on and that. And Frank knows 
anything Sylvester McCoy has ever said. <laughs> That's not strictly <laughs> true. You've been, um, I think, teased a little bit by three nine eight. Who's uh, you were you were judging the appearance of the um, of the man who came to help with your gas a little bit? Didn't you call him a Marvel Universe? Yeah, but that <laughs> guy coming from me, that is not a negative thing because well, I'm a Marvel Universe. Well, guy. that's very much what three nine eight seems to be teasing. They say, um, do you think the gas man thought that Frank looked like a man interested <laughs> in the Doctor? The Who universe. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. <laughs> Come There's on. There's no need for that. We've, no. all, we've all had a drink. Uh, if you looked at my walls, it might well have thought <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I Yeah. Now, I, I'm, I love the Marvel universe. It's a source of constant joy and excitement to me. Um, so, anyway... Uh, oh, go on. So Liam Claffey has been in touch, just FYI, everyone. Mm. Uh, lockdown must be taking its toll on Frank. We understand he's the loneliest man in the world, but he's having a guest on. I do hope he's OK. Reader <laughs> 227. To be fair, the guest is not in the studio. He's down uh-huh. the line because we can't, we can't, he's not in the bobble. I think it's more the fact that... Um, I should, in case, you, in case you're tuning in late, uh, Stuart, Stuart Lee will be with us at, uh, after the 10 o'clock news. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Al. I think it's more the fact that the show hasn't typically had guests No, recently. no, we're not. Um, now we've opened the doors again. Well, because I find <laughs> I generally... Like the tone in which metaphorically. That's very welcoming for Stuart <laughs> yeah, Lee, yeah. who I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Thank you. No, well, that's because it's a very elite group. That yeah. You I mean, yeah. in generally, my general experience on radio and television guests take things down rather than take them up. Right. Um, I think it was that sort wow. of thinking that um, ended the chat show, really. Yeah. <laughs> he said that in one too many meetings. Yeah, one too many interviews. <laughs> <laughs> no, one too I'm, many I'm generalising. Like I say, I, I, yeah. go, I go for people who I think are sort of in tune, generally. So, but he joins an elite band. Mm. He does. Um, oh, listen. Oh, Oh, now, do you remember last week we were talking about tasks that children should be able to do age eight? Yes. And that included um, changing light bulbs. Oh, I don't remember it being in... Uh, yeah, I don't remember that one, but that's yeah, a that good was, one. That was one of the list. And um, as I was driving home, I thought, whatever happened to those jokes... Oh. How many does it take to change a light bulb? There's some yes. very clever <clears throat> there examples. Was, yeah. mm. I can't think of one off the top of my head. but I, um, I think uh, uh, one that I told to my mum, because my mum was a feminist, was um, how many feminists does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer was one and uh, 20 people from Channel 4 to make a documentary about it. But wow, that, that, that is, was like in the eighties. Yeah, no, I could, t- I could get. If you'd have said to me, no, I guess it was a year of that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds so contemporary. <laughs> but she loved it. Ah, uh, well, that's fair enough. Um, but um, I, this. Oh God! Every time I start a topic, oh, no. the producer oh. pinches that fleshy bit under my armpit. She waves that around. I'll come back to I've got a major point. Okay. To make. I mean, one of those points that people have been talking about for years. Oh, okay. We'll, I'll do it after this. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Stuart Lee um, will be joining us at 10am to talk about his film King Rocker which is on Sky Arts tonight at 9pm. It's a documentary about the Birmingham band The Nightingales. Feet. If you wonder what it's about. Feet Frank Skinner. Feet Frank oh, yeah. Skinner. Yeah. Or oh, The Night... Well, yeah. I didn't see that coming. No? Well, you know... We'll, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll keep our powder dry. Still scurrying around, doing a bit here and a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I have just um, stood in the uh, radio... Studio, looking from the window, oh, watching oh. a man oh. giving me a parking ticket. Oh, don't! Yeah. One of them, my stomach feels a little bit. How can I describe it? It feels like it's been drained of all its fluids. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible. Oh, no, but you know what? You saved me from getting one. You threw me the life raft. It, I, I felt very touched. Yeah, this, it's a long story, but mm. I managed to get or we managed to get someone down to him to uh, before um, Emily got one as well mm. uh, but 
I, I still feel, I feel a bit um, like I got a little bit of sick in my mouth. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I feel a bit bilious. I do. I feel uh, I feel a bit bilious. bilious. I once got one Elliot's. buying a lettuce. <laughs> I once got a parking ticket whilst buying a lettuce. Oh, see, that's not worth it, is it? it oh. I mean, it ended up being like a £60.70 lettuce or whatever it was. It was really... It's a very good point you raise. If I've had the time of my life... Yeah. OK. You know, like there were some times in the 90s oh, yeah, where yeah. I left my car overnight in Soho, we'll say no more. Came back covered in parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. You just didn't care, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. If I've popped in to buy some milk or an energy bar... No, oh, I think yeah. I'd have been happier with milk and an energy bar for <laughs> £60. And well, don't get me long, you know, don't get me long. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a horrible <laughs> phrase. back off the rack. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't get me long. Yeah, that's what I said to the director of the dig. <laughs> Um, I, um, I the, t- the radio show, of course, is worth it, but it was all so easily avoidable. Yeah. Nevertheless, that's it. I am a criminal. <laughs> we had an email about the Montessori thing. Um, I can't find it. But oh, I've we got have it. Had oh, it. yes. I was, I've I, got sorry, it. I was in the middle of something as sorry. well. Uh, okay. Um, I, let me just tell you this, and then we, it takes us to the Montessori. Uh, thing, because I think the, Mont- the Montessori uh, is. Would we call it a school? Would we call it a system of education? Yes, yeah. it's both, Al, isn't it? I think people thought I was scornful of it about a week ago. Oh, I know I did. Yeah, I wasn't. I think. <laughs> I think it's Come just my on. general air. Come on, you <laughs> it's all right to say on reflection I was wrong. <laughs> anyway. No, I haven't reflected. Oh, okay. sorry, <laughs> foolish of me. Anyway, one of the things that there was. A survey that said eight-year-olds should be able to change light bulbs and I thought about those gags and it reminded me I did a gig once at, uh, downstairs at the King's Head in, in Crouch End yes yeah. and a guy came up to me a, a young comedian and said that was a great template gag that you started with I said I've got to tell you I don't know what that is <laughs> And a template gag is a gag where it, you can use the structure for other gags, like how many eh, eh, does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, oh, oh um, I see. Is it like a doctor, doctor? Yeah, doctor, yeah. doctor, knock, knock. Um, right. And is that what you wife, did? Knock, knock. My jokes. wife's just gone to <laughs> ee, ee. Right. Because oh, yeah. you've got my wife's just gone to Jamaica. And oh, the West Indies, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. she went of her own accord. My wife's yeah. just gone to Italy, Genoa. I should do it. We were married 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My wife's just gone to Indonesia, Jakarta. Now she went on an aeroplane. Yeah. So it goes. I get it. So those are template jokes. <clears throat> yeah, apparently. Um, what do I was wondering, what, yeah. are, what, are the, what are they now? What template jokes do people do now? So the, so the structure is the same, but the joke is... Well, they tend to be your memes, don't they? Oh, memes, yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. Girl in the street. That doesn't count as jokes. (laughs) No, memes are jokes for um, people who find literacy uh, a A challenge. A challenge or a a world that it's not worth wasting time on. Uh Um, Somebody has sent their own light bulb joke. Oh, a light bulb joke. I would say they would say, sorry, it's a world they don't have a visa for. That's okay. Yeah, well, I think it's some aren't, some can't get in, mm-hmm. but many, most, <laughs> they don't want to be there. They'd rather just do a meme. Mm-hmm. But the meme example um, is, do you know the Hey Girl meme, for example? We're um, going to have to... The, the oh, I'm produ- sorry, I'm the sorry. The producer is absolutely going perfect. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> Like she's the one who got the parking ticket, but she's very quick to point out. Oh no, I'm I'm all right. I okay, I'm I so did mine. sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Alan, wow. during that interlude, came up with another template. Yeah, um, what was it? Template joke. Yeah, template joke. Oh, wasn't it? Um. 932 that texted in what do you call a man with dot 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 mm. and it was things with a you know, thing on his head it was often mm. things on their head mm. yeah a wood mm. on a piece of wood on their head is head wood isn't it yes yeah. and uh, somebody a man uh, I can't remember but there was a few of them I think what a is, seagull on his head was cliff seagull uh, yeah I thought yeah seagull cliff the, of course and the spade on the head was Doug of course yes yes yeah, so all uh, good all reference to fine. Sutton who well there were 
well, all yeah, that'll good. be the sequel. We'll be called Dog. <laughs> but interestingly, that, that joke, those jokes only work for the seventies because no one's called Dog or Cliff anymore. No. Well, it's a, um, oh, because we had our we had a template joke that we ran on the show for a long time, which is. Uh, <laughs> Do you know Natalie Wood? No, but thanks for the tip. <laughs> yeah, and that worked with... Uh, Vanessa you know, May? Do you know Samuel, Samuel Peeps? No, but thanks for the warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those ones. But there must be others. You know, the kids must be doing template gags now. Well, um, I, just, I just pointed out to you again in the break, we did a lot of our best work there, just FYI. Sorry yeah. about that. Well, I was mainly in tears about the parking ticket. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I pointed out the, the Hey Girl meme, which was sort of based around the the idea of pickup lines, essentially. So it's, Hey Girl, are you Google? Because you've got everything I'm searching for, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. As I say, <laughs> I seem to remember some of them were a bit sexist. <laughs> a little bit sexist. <laughs> I never, never I like that used... Voice I never had a, a so-called chat-up line no I think if I heard myself um, saying a chat up line I'd have to stay in forever punching myself in the face yeah I think in order to have chat up lines and you and Al don't because I I think you have to be who says I don't no you're right I don't (laughs) anyone who's ever met you yeah you're right you have to be belong to the the womaniser group well that's it I once interviewed uh, this was years ago, uh, Russell Brand. And I said to him, you're what they people call a ladies man. And he said, yeah, I suppose so. I said, that's a, that's a terrible thing to be <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless. Hey, we've had a few good light bulb jokes. Oh. Um, well, Has I like it them. come to this? Yeah. <laughs> we can read them? Okay, we don't no, have to I'd, read I'd, them. I'd, I'd like to hear some. I'd like to hear. I'd be ones I haven't heard. Um, uh, 294 claims this is the best ever light bulb joke. Oh, well, come on, ga- gather ye round. How many psychotherapists does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, only one, but it takes a very long time. It's incredibly expensive, and the light bulb has to really want to change. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, actually. I think it's good. Yeah. We don't do that many psychotherapy gags. No, I'm show. all for them. I'm just trying to think if we've uh, done any authors, but I, don't, I can't think of one off the top of my... Uh... No. Uh, we've had a sound engineer one as well. How many sound engineers at a live gig does it take to change a light bulb? Two, 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 two. Don't they say one, two? They do, but some, t- some of them just say two. Well, I... And then we've had... Oh, uh... All these minimalist sound <laughs> engineers. We've then had Samuel Beckett sound engineers. Then we've had the crafty cabbie. That might have been in Spain, that started, because when they said one, there was loads of blokes in the audience going, what? <laughs> <laughs> or C, they might have said C. Um... Let's come, let's come. Is, the, is this out? Yeah. Oh, I, can't, I can't follow it today. It's all happening behind my back. I feel like I've got, I feel like I've got a young kids on the bus sitting behind me pulling faces. <laughs> you feel like Julius Caesar. <laughs> and it's the producer saying, end the link now or we'll be taken off air. And I can't, I, what do I, do I look at wing mirrors? Is that what she thinks? I am. Um, I so, um, By the way, I was watching a, a documentary um, called um, "The Last David Bowie: The Last Five Years." Lovely, right. very good. And um, we started. I was talking with my partner about David Bowie because I took her to see David Bowie. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, I don't like It's quite early in our relationship. And I said, right. "No, he's a man. I've seen him live. He's amazing." And it was one of those great, you know, when you take someone to someone that they don't really want to go and they absolutely love it. Can I say briefly well, as an good. interjection, I think that shows her in a very good light that she wasn't doing the fake, what I call the, oh, I like karate movies too. <laughs> no, no, when I said it Who's was... that girl? When I said it was early it's in not, our relationship... It's corporal, by the way, I can't imagine. It sounds great. <laughs> when I said it was early, it wasn't that early. Oh, OK. We'd, got, okay. we'd been passed through the pretend to like things. The, or as I call the uh, thank, the uh, still wearing hold-ups stage. Exactly, that, that had all gone. <laughs> Um, I think she was. 
Anyway, um, so she loved it and it was great. And we watched this documentary together and um, she talks about that. And I said, I'll tell you my abiding memory of David Bowie. I saw him live five times, okay? I saw um, Jonathan Ross interview him live. Mm. I met him. I still got a photograph of us really, really laughing together. That's all nice. that, all yeah. that, but that is not the memory. The memory is sitting on a pebble beach at Eastbourne in the very early 70s with a bunch of schoolmates, all about 15. And one of the kids had got a cassette player and he had, he'd recorded Suffragette City by David Bowie. And it was like one o'clock in the morning and we played it till about four o'clock in the morning over and over and over. And it just sounded the most exciting, thrilling piece of music you'd ever heard. That's it. Mm. Absolute Radio, where real music, anecdotes matter. Before we move on, I've got something to tell you, boys. Oh, yeah. Is it going to cause me pain? <laughs> no. Is it that guy cr- grumbling about my overpriced letter? No, I was, I was thinking. <laughs> I got something to tell you that'll cause you pain. I you see. Know it? Oh yes. Do you want me to share that with you? Yeah. What it's was that guy's you? problem? Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> the crafty cabbie said Alan was... Is that what it's called, the crafty cabbie? Yes. Alan was talking earlier, you referred to I, I referred to an old ticket. parking ticket yeah. that I'd received whilst buying a lettuce, and mm-hmm. I said that the ticket was like 60 quid and the lettuce was like 70 pence. Yeah. The crafty cabbie has retaliated. Typical big short celebrities don't even know the cost of a lettuce. 70p, what a wonderful world they must live in. Well, so I was you, I'd take the compliment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shot celebrity. There's so many things that aren't true in that. <laughs> well, can I just say... Not a big shot celebrity, and I think I buy re- lettuce fairly frequently, you know. And can I say, Crafty, um, I... I'm assuming <laughs> that's your I call first him note. Mr Cabby. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Paxman. Mr Rascal. <laughs> um, Mr Cabby... Can I just say, I'm the least qualified to call myself uh, a big shot celebrity <laughs> and probably have the least wonderful world, but I did. I don't know the cost of a lettuce. No, well, I don't like lettuce, so I don't know. <laughs> it's just like when people get angry at politicians <laughs> for not knowing how much milk costs. I know, no, I know. <laughs> no one knows the exact fair, price fair, of milk. So, Give me a drink. Look, I'm not, I'm not, um, I, I, I certainly respect uh, Crafty Cabby's right to comment. <laughs> Oh, me too. I know Free the price of guy. a few things, though, and, and what they are relatively, which is why I tend to get Uber. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Ow, I've got something to tell you. Um, have you? Hmm. What? That's what I've been watching this week. Um, Kung Fu films. No. The the inside of your eyelids. <laughs> no. Shane. Oh, have you? You what? haven't. I went back. You never. Well, everyone's been talking. Do you talk- mean Shane one? <laughs> Shane two is in a vault. This is in a vault, yeah. I'm Shane, afraid. I should say, if any new listeners, is um, we might get the Stuart Lee crowd coming in this morning. <laughs> Shane was a... Uh, it was... Um, how can I say this? Uh, it, it, it was a sitcom that I did, which the first series went out, then we made a second series, and it was all done and edited and lovely. Mm. And it's still waiting. Got paid, but well, not can broadcast. I say, oh, we all got I just thought, there's been much discussion about Shane recently yeah, yeah. on the show. We've had someone saying, Trump has officially pardoned Shane too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a very fine moment. We've had people quoting Bon Mo from it. Yeah. And I thought, Frank's one of my closest friends. I'd say he definitely makes the Olympic uh, medal podium. I won't talk about exact placings, but he's up there. That's fine. And I feel... I'm happy to meddle, <laughs> as I once said, As a friend, uh, Rebecca, it's my sorry. duty to go back and uh, examine. So I fired up YouTube. And it's wow. there. I popped in, a, I got some hobnobs in for the experience. Goodness. Can I say, I loved Shane. <laughs> I'm really? a Shane enthusiast, Al. <laughs> Excellent. Can I tell you some of my favourite... I remember favorites? watching it went out and thinking it was funny. Oh, can what, I tell you... What, what, what happened Listen, to the second series? <laughs> there's a few sh- Shane lines. I'm going to call them um, Ain't That a Shane. Oh, oh, very good. good. Okay. We, we should have had a, uh, a jingle, shouldn't we? <laughs> Hashtag ain't that a shame. 
OK, I'd like to share these with you, Al. As a professional comic, I'd <coughs> uh-huh. like your judgment here. There's, I'll do with a little setup. Shane pays for his drink. The barmaid says, Have you got two, two P? Shane responds, Can you remember, Frank? Something like, something to do with, she says, Have you got a two P? Yeah. And then I said something like, No, I've combed it. I need washing or something like that. I'll tell you what Shane says. No, it's all my own, thanks. Oh, oh come on. Tremendous work. There's a call back to this. An American says, Have you got six cents? She says, have you got six cents? Shane says, yes, that's why I see dead people. <laughs> Come on, Shane. God, then, one of my favourites, son, Shane's son, sings Everything I Do by Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. For the, uh, the film, as you may recall, was... Is it Robin Hood or something? Yes. Oh, yeah. Shane responds... I have to say, I'm with the Sheriff of Nottingham on this one. <laughs> Come on, Shane. Come on, top-notch stuff. <laughs> Open but the out ball. of place now. I, can't, I don't see any place, I'm telling you, for a sitcom with um, jokes. jokes. <laughs> no, well, given that the funniest moment ever was a man falling down in a pub, mm. um, yeah, I'm going to go with Shane. OK. Thank well, you. God bless you for, uh, for watching. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trailing this Montessori email, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, it's because I got excited about Shane. Vos gibt, as they say in Germany. Well, we were discussing chores last week and what were age-appropriate chores for children. (laughs) Very good. Um, And Montessori came up. I think they put together the list of uh, tasks that children should be able to do, um, including changing a light bulb, as you say. Uh, And... Polly Rothwell-Byrne has sent us this email. Well, before we hear from Polly, can I give it a bit of a jingle? Yeah, sure. What's the story, Montessori? What do you want to know? OK, OK. We're a Montessori family, and our one-and-a-half-year-old can carry laundry downstairs, load and unload the washing machine... Lovely. uh, ..unload the washing and lots more. Children are encouraged to use real knives from very young. So we wouldn't worry about... Can I ask you, is the postmark on this 1867? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Children are encouraged to use real knives from very young, so we wouldn't worry about them getting them out of the dishwasher, which I think was your concern, I'm guessing they don't have a dishwasher. Don't they live like the Amish? I don't think that's a thing. It's washed in a a lake. I mean, my children get real knives out of the dishwasher. I think that's... um, Do they? Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, Our son helps with most cooking. And is he one uh, and a half? <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how his hand hygiene is. That's the thing. F- this is making me feel very uh, inadequate parent. And his mm. favourite jobs, wait for this, his favourite jobs are building a fire and lighting candles. Yeah. Wow. I think we can see where this is going. Can uh, we make a note of his name and we can uh, we can <coughs> revisit this story when he burns down the local McDonald's? We'll, well, just, we'll good, just give it to the Daily a, Mail now. There's a really good sting in the tail, as it were. Uh, Dr Montessori, who I'm guessing is the person that came up with the Montessori yes, system. I believe her name is uh, Dr Maria Montessori. Oh, really? Oh, m M&M. <laughs> Famously said, never help a child with a task of which he believes himself capable. I love that. I like the spirit of it, but when my daughter was about seven, she told us she could ride a motorbike, so I'm not sure that... My parents shortened that to never help a child, period. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um, That's Polly Rothwell Burnell, I mean, Grantham. Pre- I'm yeah. taking this... You know what? I'm, f- I'm taking this as totally true, because there's something about them being a Montessori family where I think lying would be a bigger deal for them than it would Absolutely. be for most people. You think? Accountability is I, key. I don't know why I think that, but that's what mm. I think. I don't think that they're going to send in and say those things if they're not true. Do you? Whereas most no. of the other emails we receive, we don't trust, yeah? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Look, if a lettuce is 70 pence, it's 70 yes. pence. What is a lettuce? Well, zero also, seven nine has texted also, us One thing we that. never mentioned about the most remarkable thing about that was a, a cap driver who bought a lettuce. <laughs> McDonald's. Excuse me, have you not time. heard of a BLT? <laughs> <laughs> We've had lettuce prices. Oh, I think Al was on, on the... That's what on. I mean, lettuce yeah, prices. I'm um, oh, sorry. 079 has texted with various lettuce prices. Aren't they different sizes, lettuces, though? There isn't a standard lettuce size. It's the most price. Yeah, there is a 
Uh, price. Well, I mean, they're pretty similar, aren't they, in size? Well, it's is, all the same uh, in the bag. Joe in Aylesbury says lettuce is 42 pence at Lidl, 49 <laughs> pence at Tesco. Other supermarkets and salad leaves are available. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Good info. Yeah. I've always thought lettuce was just a slightly thicker version of tap water. As yeah. far as the flavours are exactly right there. I eat it like I eat uh, like I would eat medicine. <laughs> I eat it because I think it's good for you, but it's disgusting in every aspect. And people say, no, I love lettuce, it's fantastic. I'll, and then they do one of those Mars bar salads. It's got lettuce in it, but loads of really nice stuff hiding the lettuce. Anyway, that's the lettuce briefing. We'll be back after <laughs> the news with top comics, Stuart Lee. Um, this is uh, Frank Skinner <laughs> on Absolute Radio. Um, you can... I'll uh, move Emily Dean and Alan Cochran, by the way. You remember those guys. Uh, uh, you can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Now, Stuart Lee is on the line. Stu, are you there? Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's a joy. Um, <laughs> now... Tonight on uh, Sky Arts, which is on the free package now, so a lot more people yeah, got it on the free list. Yeah, know. Channel 11. Yeah, yeah. you mm. made a movie, and um, it's called King Rocker. Do you want to do a, just a quick what's it about? Well, there's a, a group from Birmingham called the Nightingales who've been going about 40 years, uh, but um, really hardcore music fans will know them, but most people won't, and I like them. And about 10 years ago, Rob from the Nightingales said, do you think there should be a funny documentary about us? And I gave it some thought, uh, and it took about seven years until I uh, ran into Michael Cumming, a comedy director who I'd worked with who did Toast and Brass Eye and stuff, and he turned out to be a massive Nightingales fan. And obviously no one was going to back it or fund it, so I said, well, should we just try and do it <laughs> ourselves? And we got a bit of crowdfunding, and we've made this film about Robert Lloyd, the singer and the chief sort of writer of the Nightingales, and it's mixed up with um, the story of a big piece of public sculpture from Birmingham <laughs> of King Kong, yeah. the 20-foot-high King Kong statue. <laughs> Well, they were both icons of mid-70s Birmingham in their own way. They were both forgotten yes. um, and damaged. The difference is that the King Kong statue is now rated as a great piece of modern art by the Henry Moore Institute, but Rob Lloyd's still waiting for it to be uh, rediscovered. So that's how it all fit together. <laughs> there was and, a lot uh, of discussion. There was a lot of talk yeah. about the legacy and, and all that stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. How he'd like to be remembered and all that. Yeah. I remember the King Kong statue when it was in... Um, Birmingham city centre. You slept I, underneath it a few times. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I was. I don't know if people were so much anti. They couldn't work out the connection. <laughs> Because, you know, it should have been in New York, probably. Well, I think, I think that um, Nick Munro, who made it, I think he, he, you know, he thought, well, Birmingham was this sort of thrusting, you know, concrete new city, wasn't it? I think he thought it's like putting King Kong into New York, you know. But what's nice about that is in the King Kong film, King Kong dies at the end, and whereas the, the King Kong statue has ended up in a really nice place. So, um, as you'll see if yeah. you watch the film. Well, I don't want um, to spoil people... the ending, but it's gone north hasn't he? Yeah. And as, as the yeah. sort of um, the gorilla of the north is, is kind of what, it, <laughs> what You it say is. that, Frank. Stuart's just spoiled the ending of King Kong for me. He dies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then Driscoll says, no, it was beauty that killed the beast. It's a classic line. But let yeah. me say, um, I love it. I love King Rocker. I think it's really... I tell you what, it's very... It's got you shot through it completely. It's mm -hmm. really different. It's not like any documentary I remember watching before there's a lot of love in it for the music but also a lot of it's really funny as well I, I, I'm well, not it's very I, kind of you to say well you know, know sometimes you have to pretend you like stuff but I really liked it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, can I just say that, that, that you, you listeners you know, Frank is in the documentary because Frank was briefly the singer of Robert Lloyd's first band <laughs> The Prefects yeah so it's and, a lot um, and I know and Frank Frank was did an interview and he weren't very well on the day he had a cold I remember but he turned up and he said the most perfect sentence in in the interview which was at, uh, about how a lot of cult figures wish they had mainstream success and a lot of mainstream uh, successes wish they were cult figures and when you said that Frank I thought God th this film's in the bag now all we've got to do is not mess it up <laughs> uh -huh. because we've got this quote right that is, is sort of sums up everything I was hoping someone would say 
and then you just said it oh, well, really perfectly, good. and it was being said by a recognisable person that people <laughs> like. My so t- it was really, it was really great. <laughs> well, you know? my regret about that interview is that the Nightingales were actually on after it, and because I felt a bit rough, I went home. And when I watched right. the film, I thought, oh god, I wish I'd stayed and watched the Nightingales now. But they'll be back, won't they? They will be back, yeah. And I think they'll be back. Hopefully, I mean, it, R- Rob's story is the story of a man who has managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of success. So. <laughs> I hope that he's able Many to, times. I hope, I hope they're able to capitalise on. I mean, honestly, I mean, the, the interest for this, I've never known anything like it um, uh, since working with um, when Richard Thomas got me in on Jerry, Jerry Springer, the opera. As that came out, there was a buzz about it. And this, I think it's because it's landed at this terrible point in our history where no one can go out or anything. And this is a film with loads of people in pubs, like just laughing and watching things. I know, it's like watching sci fi. I mean, really, it's, much of it is just. Me and Rob laughing in pubs. Well, you, I mean... Well, look, we'll come back to this, because I want to play Idiot Strength now, which is a track by the Nightingales. If you're on the Decade stations, by the way, you won't hear this, but on Absolute Radio, you'll get it. And for anyone who doesn't know the Nightingales, I think this is a pretty good taste. And we'll be back with you, Stu, after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. And we're talking to... Stuart Lee about his film that's on nine o'clock art, uh, Sky Arts tonight called King yeah. Rocker. Forty years ago, that record. It, it's worth pointing out, but they're still very much a, an ongoing concern. Uh, the group. But, uh, well, I, I'm not going to pretend I was into the Nightingales because no, I, you were nearly I, in them, but you weren't into I was them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's. Um, I, I love that track. It's and and, and you've yeah. got you've put out a playlist, haven't you, for beginners to the Nightingales? Oh, have you? Yeah, there's a few knocking about. There's one on a site called Gig List. Um, the uh, record label Fire that helped us fund it have put one up somewhere. And um, I think Adam Buxton's got one up as well. So there are a few knocking around. But I noticed their they're, they're, um, Spotify sort of downloads, or whatever it is, have gone from 500 to 8,000 um, in, in about a day, um, which means they'll probably make about seven pence out of that. So uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. Over the soul. <laughs> but, no, yeah. They'll get the 120 back to uh, Hales Owen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've got to say, Stu, and I don't want to put people off by this because, like I say, I love the film. It, I find it to be a profoundly West Midlands film in every sense. Yeah, well, I, hope I so. still liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Emily's not. She's not West Midlands. <laughs> I tell you well, what. I, I, yeah, on, but what yeah. I mean by that, Stu, is it's got that fabulous sort of bloody-mindedness that I associate yeah. with the West Midlands. But it also has got. There are so many bright interesting people it might be true anywhere but I just when I look back on being there I knew so many people who were really bright and interesting and when I went into telly I used to give a speech to people about look I've got mates brighter than you that work on the bins which didn't make me popular but it made me feel like moving back watching this film well, I think that there's something... Why is it that um, when we, we talk about the sort of cultural explosion of the late 70s on punk and whatever, and that Manchester had a kind of spokesman, um, you know, uh, Tony Wilson, and there was Paul Morley and, and Leeds and uh, Sheffield and or Liverpool all seemed to have an identity, and the Birmingham didn't. And I think there's just something about uh, people there uh, is considered bad form to sort of sell yourself or push yourself. Totally. And, what, mm-hmm. and, and also I think the accent works for that. I mean, you're... Act, Frank, is you're able to say really um, sort of uh, things that would not be acceptable, except that people don't think Brummies are capable of malice. <laughs> they're, sort of not, not, they're not credited with the sort of level of um, deviousness. To you, know, you go, I'm... oh, we can't, he can't mean that. You know, so it's sort of something about that is trusted, isn't it? But it's also thought of as not a threat in any way. And I think um, is they sort of keep themselves down somehow. I've always felt the everyday eccentricity of the Midlands is allowed yeah. because no one's really looking at it. It doesn't even get noticed in the north-south divide. It's just no, it's invisible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's invisible. Well, yeah. we dwell in the divide, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> where the walls are quite high. It's why you never have villains with a Midlands accent. Yeah, no, and in fact, I think in advertising, it's the most trusted accent. Um, because uh, people don't well they just don't think they wouldn't be lying you know they wouldn't be they wouldn't know how to (laughs) (laughs) they wouldn't know how to yeah I have to say Stu you really look on this film like you're having the best time though 
Well, you know, I, I, it was. I was so pleased that, that it worked um, and that we'd managed because you, you know you, you try to do things that are interesting and you have to fight against people's worries about them or worries that they'll be successful but because we did three benefits to raise the money for it me and Michael Cummings showed his film about Brass Eye some people were kind enough to crowdfund it a bit um, everyone worked off for nothing apart from the camera crews which we had to you know hire properly um, and the animator Greg came in and you know uh, well I think it's fair enough you know they, they can't yeah. but it was a labour of love for everyone involved and so weirdly at the end of it you, you came out really good friends with all the people you'd worked with as well because um there was no one to kick against and uh so it was great fun and you I look back on it and um I mean I was quite damaged by the end of it because I had to drink a lot and eat a lot of curries and stuff to, to get the stories <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that. Uh, so I look really <laughs> that final bit where I'm doing the sitcom yeah Rob wrote a sitcom that didn't get made and we did reader of it I look like I'm on the verge of death I think well look but, uh, I, I don't know if you know this Stu but I wrote a sitcom which was made and edited and dubbed and everything but has never been broadcast and oh, I didn't I, know it was never broadcast. Never oh, broadcast. Right, right, and now I'm right. interested. Now I saw this thing of you guys reading it on a film. I thought, <laughs> oh, is there a documentary oh, God. in this? Yeah, about- yeah thanks, thanks for that, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there, prob- there probably is, because actually it'd be interesting to see, given what's on TV now, is thinking, what did they think couldn't go out about? <laughs> so I, I should explain there was jokes in it, Stu. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. That, oh, no, that, of course. That, yeah. That's, that's what killed it. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. OK, we'll be, we'll be back with Stu. Um, you, you're all right for hanging around for another link, are you? Oh, God, yeah, I'd love oh, to. Good. I mean, what, well, I can't even, you know, I can't go anywhere anyway. Okay. <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> Um, Stuart Lee is with us uh, this morning. I feel I should say, um, I don't think it's enough I've done for you here, Stuart, to say that I love the film. I need to say something about it. Um, it's a film about, as you say, this the band The Nightingales, and it's a sort of amazing paper chase of conversations, misrememberings, contradictions, and there's all these connections that you follow, and then in the end, somehow we arrive at all this as a sort of an amalgam of the truth. Would that be reasonable? Yeah, I mean, it, so it, it was pretty quick, uh, quickly obvious that it's a long time ago, and a lot of the people involved can't really remember exactly what happened. So it, it started to become a, a project also about the unreliability of memory and how people's stories contradict each other. The, what, mm. the story of you being in it, for example, in the uh, prefix, so many people had different takes on that. And then, um, do you know that Wiki- pe- Wikipedia describes me as an unsuccessful applicant? Oh, which is <laughs> I mean, not I true. Know, yeah, well, that can be corrected now. <laughs> And then so there's all these a lot of people in the film as Mike, Michael the director is very pleased about this that a lot of people in the film don't know anything about the subject of the film like um, like Nigel Slater the chef oh, is in it may I just really say knowing. I think that might be my favourite part of the film is, is the first line of his first ever food review is so enjoyable oh, well Robert yeah when Robert oh, Lloyd from the night I absolutely the love that yeah. part yeah. oh yeah we can't quote it on here can no, we? no but definitely um, not yeah he took a radical approach to free criticism and um, <laughs> Nigel Slater was sacked and replaced by Robert Lloyd and Slater either accidentally on purpose in his interview with us contrived a level of hurt bitterness yes. <laughs> yes. it's very very funny and all sorts of odd people turn up in it um, Robert uh, Robin Asquith is in it as well um, who doesn't really know why he's in it <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and doesn't he isn't there a story about him being naked when, yeah, he mm. was in a, in a shower with um, with Robert Lloyd in a gym. That was his default state well, throughout the entire seventies. Yeah. To be I, fair, I, I met him at the um, at the Warwick Art Centre, and he was naked then. So. No, <laughs> yeah, well, I won't tell you my story. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's a shame if if we'd had a budget, which we didn't have. When Robert uh, Robin Asquith is talking about all the different people he's had showers with, the, f- the amazing collage of footage we could have made. <laughs> oh, that we could only been. really afford uh, what one clip of him in the showers. <laughs> it's a great. He was, he's been enormously helpful. He was great. Um, oh, Frank, good. I have a question. This is yeah. like the Downing Street Rose Garden, Dominic yeah, Cummings, yeah, so no, Emily fine. Dean, um, Frank yeah. Skinner show. I have a question. Did you know, Stuart, the reason why Frank was rejected from the prefix? Well, no, I didn't, and they, and they they all say um they all say different things, don't they? But they, I, they say I think the me not cutting had... my hair was was certainly a factor. Wait. It was. Well, that's what they say, but yeah. 
Did you, you all know, know that at the time, though, Frank? No, I mean, the, great, the whole thing, I think, it, it unfolds. I didn't know what was coming at all, but I, 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 I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Stuart, I'm just going to say, I got a very interesting email from you recently saying, I, should, I probably should have cleared this with you, but I've just done a, a track for an album in which I repeat over and over again, can I have some leaves, please? Yeah. And I had no idea what you were talking about. And I, had to, I had to email you back to ask. Can you explain? Well, there's, there was a record came out 40 years ago called Miniatures by Morgan Fisher in which he got loads of people to do tracks that lasted one minute. And I had it as a kid and uh, Norman Lovett was on it, oddly enough, which is one of my first exposures to the new alternative comedy that mm. was happening then. And uh, they wanted to do another version of it uh, now and they asked loads of people to do it and they asked me to do um, a minute of something. And uh, <laughs> under lockdown, <laughs> I've made a number of experimental electroacoustic tracks I've got one on another compilation that raised um, money for the uh, NHS uh, and um, uh, for NHS charities. But th this one, uh, well, I did it with my son and uh, sort of put the piano backwards. And I thought, I'll, and I, this is a line of yours that I always remember in isolation from the routine when the first time I saw you, which was at DeMarco's Leisure Centre in Edinburgh in, I think, 1989, where you had a long routine about um, Skippy. Mm. Bush kangaroo ah. trying to interpret what Skippy that all the people think Skippy was going click 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 and telling them where the helicopter had crashed or whatever and you were saying that he was just saying can I have some leaves please <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't even remember it it's a really good routine I do I mean, course, you nothing, reminded no, me well nothing from then is documented is it it's rather like no. a lot of the stuff in the film I mean that would no nothing was filmed or and you you're getting more and more you're getting doing Skippy getting more and more annoyed and he's going can I have some leaves please <laughs> but also you've got to think this was going to about 10 people at 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. you know and I, just someone going can I, and I have a very, well, I was probably drunk and 20 watching it and you're going can I have some leaves please can I have some leaves please uh, just so, then I this line popped into my head so I put it over this kind of um bell-like sound but it's out sometime this year the new miniatures album with them um, with that on it well I, I so, look forward yeah. I look forward yeah, to hearing yeah, that yeah. what's it called yeah. Um, what's that track called? Yeah. It's called After Frank Skinner. <laughs> Fair, enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, uh, Stu, it's great talking to you. Can I say, I, I really do I genuinely recommend, there's a lot of people who listen to this show who love, love music, music, and they will yeah. love King Rocker. So they should watch Sky Arts tonight at, at 9pm. Yeah, and it's, it's 9 o'clock, and you can get it free on Channel 11 if you, uh, if yeah. you think you don't know. And you know what, congratulations, you did a great job on it, mate. Well, well done. I really appreciate uh, everyone's uh, support because, um, you know, we were going to tour this around cinemas to try and claw back the money, and obviously nothing's open, and then Sky said they put it on, and the take-up for it has just been great. So thank you, and thanks to everyone who crowdfunded it as well, if anyone's listening. Yeah, and let's not Forget, I paid for my own cars. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, cheers, Stuart. <laughs> see ya, see ya. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Um, We've had some. Sorry, Al. I should say some of our readers have been enjoying the uh, Stuart Lee interview, including uh, a Mr. D. Badil. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Who has said, listening to Frank on the radio talk to Stuart Lee about uh, King Rocker, his documentary, sounds really good. Quite mm -hmm. a straight um, tweet yeah, for David. I was, waiting, I was waiting for the punchline. No, there's no punchline, but you know what? I quite like it when he does those ones. Um, 339 has texted, not about the Stuart Lee interview. Um, Hello, Frank, Al and M. Did I miss something in the dig? Watched a couple of nights ago and don't remember nudity. Am I having a senior moment? I never said nudity. I said there's a bit of a topless in it. Oh, I uh, see. There is. There's a bath scene. Yeah, if you watch it, maybe I'm being oversensitive. I just think... Very um, idea. Don't just tack on a bit of see my nudity because no one cares anymore. It's 2021. Is it true you hear all bathing scenes? I, I, um, <laughs> I, 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 I have scene been known. <laughs> I have been known to actually fast forward. Have I've never you? heard that described as a bathing scene before. <laughs> I wouldn't say that was the dominant theme. No, right. scene. Quite, quite telling. I, that think of, I think of it as the stabbing scene, but you know. We're all different. More spoilers. Don't well, yeah. weirdly, there's no stabbing in it, but there is showering. Was that there? from a, a man or a lady? 
Oh, I don't know. That was from... Uh, oh, uh, they're just a number it? to me. Oh, come on, you <laughs> can't say that. <laughs> well, yeah, they are, though. Exactly. You just can't say that. We're not in East Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in East Germany. It's actually all right. Is it? Yeah, it probably was there. when you were there. I wasn't there during the Cold War. <laughs> oh, I see. You were there post um, Hasselhoff. Yeah, I was there when you can have your photo took with Checkpoint Charlie and, and stuff like that. Oh, oh he yeah. was there. He was there, yeah. <laughs> drunk, absolutely drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one of our stations. <laughs> that would be good. Absolute drunk. <laughs> they could probably have that. They had that drunken history. What play, would they, they play, Frank, on Absolute Drunk? And who would who would host it is more important. <laughs> well, I, I think we better leave that for off air, don't you? Shane McGowan hour. Yeah. You couldn't have, you couldn't really put an end on the show because people either they either stay or they they slip away. Yeah, I mean we could name a lot, but not on. Yeah, not would on it air. would it off air? I'd feel I that um, drunken history. I felt deeply alienated. But mm. I thought that, that I'm not going to get the call for this. Well, you're ruled out. I'm ruled out. Al's ruled out. I am ruled out. I wrote um, Charlie Champion of the World, or if it's called. I got the name wrong. <laughs> no, I, didn't read, I didn't read children's books then. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Frank, you were talking... I mean, I say you were talking. We've talked of little else, but the nude scenes... Yeah, well, it was little else. That was the name of the actress. <laughs> <laughs> In the dig. Uh, yeah. Zero three three. Dear Frank, in The Dig and Ree Gratuitous Nude Scenes, yeah. did you know the crew credits include an intimacy coordinator? Oh. Since when has that been a thing? Well, As you yourself might put it, who knew? Mm. I only came across this job. as a, and I like that they've put job in quotes. In quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a neighbour of ours worked on the film, so I sat through the end credits. I always love it when people watch my work and say they sat through it. Um, <laughs> that is from one of our regulars, Nugget. Well, look, I, um, I, I can understand why there's an intimacy coordinator, so I know, but there's no opportunists involved, but better not to have the intimacy. It's not part of the story. You know, there was a couple in a ruined building at the end, you know, and I just, it's not about that. So we never even, let, oh, anyway. I just worry that you're going to throw out the intimacy co coordinator and then they have to well, look, retrain. I don't want to do anyone out of a job. Exactly. And maybe you can come and work at our house. Oh, my. <laughs> Al, what do we do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'll tell you something I'd, I'd like to oh, do. I know. Listen, some, <laughs> someone, someone sent in a jingle for Alan Cochrane. You want to hear it? Of course you do. Here goes. Brace yourselves. In the midst of Cockrell. <laughs> Is this when you were talking about in the midst of cockerel? I think I it was. A, I don't remember using that phrase. I think you used the phrase in the midst of cockerel, and they're suggesting that it should be a running feature. Sorry, I like the goal. <laughs> it was. Oh it was. It was like I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to have one more listen. I in the midst of cockerel. going to try and spend the week developing a long anecdote that we can interrupt with that story. I, th that, I think that, that would be a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to that. I think you've got the the essence of cockerel there, mm. as uh, Marky e. Smith would have said. But that was... Um, I don't remember saying that, but I do... Obviously, I love the fact that I occasionally allow poetry <laughs> into the world of prose. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to us. Uh, thanks to uh, Stuart Lee for being on the show and... You know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, stop in.